Hey, Michelle here. Just a quick note before this week's episode. In the second half, I talk about a controversial topic and use some strong language. So just a heads up in case there are little ears around. Welcome to the Software Social Podcast, where we invite you to join our weekly discussion about what's going on in our businesses. I'm Michelle Hansen. And I'm Colleen Schnettler. So Colleen, tell me, what's going on with your business this week? So, Michelle, last week I told you that I am building an image management service, and you asked Mm -hmm. me if anyone wanted that service. Do you remember what I said? You said maybe, but at very least you want it. Right. And also, I haven't really asked anyone if they want it. So, I kind of think what I want to start doing this week is in conjunction with building the service, which is pretty much almost done. I want to start finding out if anyone wants it. So, (laughs) right? It seems like such an obvious (laughs) step that I should be Magic words. (laughs) So my commitment is to spend one hour a day trying to figure this out. First problem, who are my customers? And where are they? And where are they? How do I find them? So since I'm building this as a JavaScript plugin, my customers are other developers probably developers like me who do consulting so they want to optimize for time i don't know how to find these people and ask them have you looked at some places yet like like what have you explored so here's what i've explored i put something on indie hackers literally no one responded that's a good start that's what i thought but literally no one responded (laughs) no i you know i so i love indie hackers but also i find that it can be very much like unless you get into one of the bigger threads there, it can be kind of a drive-by with like people just putting their projects and there's just like so much and a lot of it's really good Yeah, that it can be a bit tough to filter. Yeah, I really, I've yeah. I've posted on Indie Hackers a few times and I've never gotten any kind of engagement. Um, hmm. And maybe it's, if you, I've noticed that the posts that are like, here's how my business was so successful, like those get a lot of engagement. But, I wrote one of those. <laughs> That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Like everyone loves those, right? (laughs) Those are inspirational. Like I love those posts and I love getting advice from successful founders, but it feels like there's just not a lot of engagement with people who are just starting out. So that didn't work. So I tried Indie Mm. Hackers. I think I put something on Twitter and I had like three people respond, which is better than no, better than no people. Right. Um, what do you think? Like, let's say I'm starting from zero and I'm also like open to seeing what other ideas are out there as well. As we, as you know, I've kind of been plugging away at idea generation for quite a while now. I'm definitely making my image management service because I'm almost done and I'm going to use it for my clients. But I'm also open to hearing about, you know, other problems and other ideas. I like targeting developers because I like using existing marketplaces to try and sell what I'm building. So Mm -hmm. have you looked at Reddit? So Reddit confuses me. (laughs) I have not. Reddit is one of my favorite places to recruit. Is it really? It can be a little bit. Yeah, because if you find the right niche within Reddit and Reddit has, I mean, there are so many weird corners of Reddit, right? Um, Which I think is part of what makes it a little bit intimidating from the outside. But there are so many great niches within Reddit that are so great to recruit from. There's also some really big communities. So there's, for example, the Web 
the web dev community there. Um, but there's also some really small ones. You know, for example, when we were launching a HIPAA compliant geocoding service a couple years ago, uh, we wanted to do some usability testing and there was a health GIS subreddit with like 5,000 people in it. And I posted something saying I wanted to um, do some testing with people and I'd give them a $25 Amazon gift card if they participated. And I got 70 responses. Wow. Like all from our target market customers. Like it was, I was floored. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And so I think if you find the right, you know, the right community within Reddit and you have, you know, a, a good genuine post um, explaining who you're looking for um, and you have some sort of incentive there, um, I think even $10 to Amazon um, or wherever um, is, pr- is probably good, you know, because people's time is valuable and, and they're giving you something valuable. So I've feel strongly that there should be something there but you know you really only need to talk to five people just to just as a baseline so you're looking at fifty dollars worth of investment plus your time which could you know save you weeks or months of dev time that you know ends up getting wasted because it it wasn't what people wanted so how would you recommend this is like this feels like cold calling strangers like this feels very awkward which is fine um, I like people, um, but how would you like even recommend going about that? Yeah, so if I found a community, so let's, for example, say you're, you're doing web dev, though that might be too broad of a community, and I'm not super active on it myself, so I can't really speak to community norms. Um, some, for example, don't allow you to to post various things, so just always check their rules. Okay. Um, but I would say something to the effect of, you know, I'm building an image management service, blah, 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 is your, you know, and I need feedback. That's your post. And then in your, sorry, that's your title. And then in your post, say something to the effect of, you know, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm building this service. Like, here's what it's aiming to do. Um, and I'm looking for some people to give me some feedback on it. If you can give me a half an hour of your time, I'll give you a $10 Amazon gift card. Just send me a PM with some details about, you know, what kind of work you do and what interests you in trying this service and, you know, and and make it very clear that it's not a sales call or anything like that. It's strictly for feedback because people sometimes are justifiably wary that, that, um, it's not what it purports to be. Right. Also, I would recommend creating a Reddit username specifically for this, tied whether that's your real name or your company name or whatever, um, just to, you know, just so some weird post you made 10 years ago doesn't end up <laughs> surfaced with your name attached to it, you know. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. That's great. Okay. So that will be my, um, my weekly goal this week will be to actually talk to people who might be potential customers and see what they have to say. Do you know what you want to ask them? Um, well, I guess I'd, I'd kind of want to drill down on, is this really, a, to me, it's a pain point. And like I said, every client minus maybe two has had this problem. And there's so many different ways to solve it. Um, and they're all kind of, none of them are super easy. So I guess... The answer to your question is no, I don't know what I want to ask them. It sounds like you want to find pain and frequency. Yes, right? I how do. How painful is this problem for them? Yeah. And how frequent is it? Because 
pain and frequency are a good guide to whether someone is willing to pay for something. If something isn't frequent and it's not painful, then, you know, they're not going to be as aware of the problem. And when they do encounter, it won't be very annoying. But if it is something that happens often, then they might be you know, willing to pay for that. I do normally recommend that people do this kind of research up front before building something, but considering this is something that you needed yourself and would use regardless, you know, you can kind of, um, kind of skate by if you're, if you're okay with the idea that you may end up being the only user for it. Yeah. I'm okay Um, with it. I, and I think if nothing else, like, I think this is a tool that could really help newer developers who don't have the time or energy to like learn about cloud storage. And so even if it's just something that like helps some new people and they, they roll on the AWS free tier I provide, I'd still be at this stage in my journey. Like obviously eventually I want to build a business, but like for right now I'd be okay with it because it's something that is a frequent pain point for me. The thing is if you are an employee and you only work on one app, this is not a frequent plot problem at all, right? You set it up once and you're done. I'm kind of unique because I work on so many different applications. I don't really know if there's a lot of people who do what I do, um, who have a lot of different clients in this space, because I have to do this all the time. Like it's like every couple months, I feel like someone needs to set up. And it's like, oh my gosh, again? So and there are a lot of agencies out there oh, and a that's lot a of good developers point. like yourself. I totally the problem, forgot about agencies. The problem you might run into is paying for it, right? So when you're an agency or when you're working on clients, if you have to pay for a service to help you with a project, you want to be able to bill that to the client. You don't want to have to eat that as overhead. Right. And so how you bill for this is going to be very important. Um, I, th- I think that's something you would want to ask your, your customers is, or, you, you know, your, your potential customers in your interviews is, you know, would you be willing to pay for this if it's a flat $5 per month for your entire company? Or what if it's $5 per project and then they get to pass that cost on to their customer? Are they more willing to pay for it in that scenario? And I think this is where a lot of mismatches happen between companies and 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 client serving companies well the ideal right so my ideal solution is they can upcharge it and pass it through to their customer right mm-hmm. so then that that's your 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 pricing model could be make or break here yeah okay okay that's definitely something i have to i have to think about um because the nice thing of if i offer it as an add-on to an existing deployment solution or like an existing CDN solution, then it will bill through almost like it's part of your web hosting. Uh, but then again, if they gotcha. bill hourly, they are probably not incentivized to decrease their hourly load, right? Does that make sense? Well, but they may they may have you know done a done a flat project cost that is yeah. You know, so it's if it saves ten hours time. of development, you know, up to ten hours of development time for you know x number of dollars and yeah okay this is great so i think i think i love the idea of of going through reddit because like i said my twitter i got a couple people indie hackers i got zero people i think i need to find agencies and other people like myself um and i know a few of those people in real life that i've actually met at conferences before so i actually have a few real life people i already know i can reach out to and um 
I can, you know, I'll, I'll pursue that avenue. So that I think is going to be my goal this week is to talk to five people. That's a measurable goal. Talk to five people about this and look at my pain and frequency chart. Awesome. I love it. All right. So that's enough about me. Tell me what is going on with you. So it's something the, the two of us have, have talked about a lot in the past. Um, the benefits of running your own software company is autonomy, right? Right. Like, not only are you, you know, you're your own boss, right? You get to decide who you work with. You get to decide what you work with and and what you want to do. And, and that's one of my favorite parts um, of my job. And I'm thinking about that a lot the past week because of something that happened last week. We had a customer, potential customer, reach out to us and we rejected them off the bat. Ooh, that's interesting. This has never happened before. Um, you know, we, we've definitely had uh, situations where we've sort of quote unquote fired a customer. Um, but normally those were only situations where someone was you know, being rude to us or they were being way too demanding. And, and even then it's, you know, we're, we're always polite to them, right? Like we just simply recommend that they use a different service or we tell them that we're not a fit. And quite frankly, if you were to compare the emails we send them to ones for customers who are perfectly nice to us, but weren't a fit, like those emails look the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so yeah, the, the autonomy is something that I think about a lot. And especially because we are completely customer funded, right? Like we don't have investors, right? We don't have, you know, loans from a bank or anyone like we don't have anyone else who is putting goals or metrics on us that we have to meet, you know, we don't have a certain sales goal we have to meet every month that's pressuring us into making decisions. Um, yeah, so so it's, it's, it's a benefit that I've that I've always thought about, but really became starkly in focus last week um, because ICE reached out to us. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. And it was not only ICE, it was their enforcement and removal division. Oh my gosh. Now, I don't think I'm betraying anything um, other than, you know, by saying that they simply reached out. Right. Uh, I guess I'll find out, right? Um, <laughs> you know, and and we didn't even take the call. I mean, I, I got the email, and they didn't even describe what they're doing. They're saying, you know, hey, we want to reach out to uh, an account representative, see if we can talk to someone about using your service. And my first thought was, absolutely not. And, you know, my, my husband is my co-founder, and that was his reaction as well, and um, and you know, the hardest part about it was, was finding a way to politely phrase the email that, um, telling them that we didn't even want to take the call. Um, you know, but if I was, you know, at a larger organization, you know, for example, this has been a big issue for Microsoft and GitHub, right? Because yep. they have a contract with ICE. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have the choice here. You know, if I had a yep. sales goal every month and this was the way I was going to meet my sales goal you know, the incentives would, would back you into a corner to take that contract. Yep. But we don't have that over our heads. And, and you know, I can say I'm going to reject this customer 
and purposefully work harder to get more to to replace whatever that revenue would have been but being okay with that that's wow that's amazing yeah I was just gonna say I've always really respected that about you since I've known you is you really seem to lead your company with what your moral footprint like um and there's so few companies that do that nowadays like that is something that is incredibly attractive about getting to make your own decisions. Yeah. And it, it you know, I was reminded of a, a favorite quote of mine from DHH, one of the founders of Basecamp, and of course, of, of um, the, the creator of Ruby on Rails, which you've coded. Yes. Um, but one of my favorite quotes, I, I think this was him, was, um, What's the point of having FU money if you don't say FU? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, You know, that is. You know, that is incredibly, you know, and I don't, I don't certainly have DHH level of FU money, but, um, you know, I, I don't have a sales goal over my head. And, and when there is a decision like that, where I can make a decision that aligns with my conscience, you know, I mean, it's, it's not hard to put two and two together of what ICE's enforcement and removal division would be using geocoding and oh location tracking for. Yeah. I mean, of course, and then seeing this week what they're doing in Portland, because mm-hmm. um, those are ICE officers, apparently. Um, there are very, very, very few organizations that I would reject off of the bat. It, they, they might be the only one. Um, yeah, it's just it's just wild. That is wild. Well, the great thing, like you said, you don't have investors. You don't have to answer to anyone. Like you can do what you want. That's amazing. Now I do have I mean, to ask answer you. answer to our customers, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. so I, I do have, you know, friends that work at GitHub and other companies um, that have been embroiled in this ICE controversy. And how do you deal with the argument that, well, they're just going to go to one of your competitors anyway, so it may as well be you? No, I don't want their money. Yeah, you don't care. I don't care how much it is. I don't, I don't want their money. Well, good for you. Who knows? Now maybe they'll they'll knock on my door or something, and I'll, and I'll have problems with because I uh, disclosed this. But I hope they're getting used to it. You know, I think that's something that we we have a responsibility to do, right? Like we see things that are so drastically going wrong. Yeah. Um, and you, you said, you know, well, they'll just go to one of our competitors. And I've almost had thoughts this week of. I should post on Twitter that they reached out to us and that they're looking for a vendor for this and encourage all of our competitors to publicly state whether they're going to take that contract. Because if ICE doesn't have location data, they can't track people. Right. They can't remove them. Um, you know, of course, they can use an open source version or something, but I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to make anything easier for them. I want to make everything harder for them. I want to make them go away. So are your competitors public or private or a mix? Combination. So our competitors range from Google and Apple and Bing, so Microsoft. Uh, So who knows, maybe they'll end up there. Um, To really small companies, um, another bootstrap company um, called Geocode Earth. Um, Smarty Street, which is a small company out of Utah. Um, But we we all kind of do different things as well. And so... What's interesting is there really isn't a, like a one-to-one competitor for us. So when we do recommend uh, people to go to competitors, it is often because they are genuinely a better fit. 
there's enough differentiation, which is a little bit weird because we're in a commodity industry. So it's kind of unexpected, but we, we all do something slightly different. Well, awesome. Good for you. Like, I'm glad, like you said, it's nice that you have the freedom and autonomy to be able to do that. Just keep thinking about the, uh, there's no point in having FU money if you don't say FU. I love that. (laughs) Not that I plan to make a habit of this. You know, I mean, like, (laughs) you know, we we have tens of thousands of customers and normally we, you know, we we, we never, you know, get involved in, 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 uh, anything like this but you're presented with these situations sometimes in in your professional life and if you work for someone else whether whether that's you know as an agency we're talking about beforehand or in a bigger company if there's a client or a customer that you disagree with you're stuck with it I mean maybe you can try to lobby the company to to drop them but you know good luck getting a raise or a promotion after that um yeah you know, if you want to be able to really speak your conscience, you have to be able to have your own company and and not be beholden to external powers, whether that be, you know, attempting to get acquired by a big company or investors or, uh, or your boss. Yeah, I think that's one of, one of the underrated things about having your own company, even as a consultant, like, obviously, on a different scale and a different level, but I... I have turned down two in particular um, companies that were just doing things that they just, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Like I just didn't agree. It wasn't quite as dramatic as that, but I, I just didn't agree with like kind of the fundamentals of, of um, their business. And I was able to just say no. So, yeah. So when you have your own company, you, you can make decisions, not only about the specific companies you want to work with, but also the kinds of customers you want to work with. So for example, we fairly often have people reach out asking us for uh, data on individual people. So the kinds of things that a, you know, a credit agency might look for, you know, data on specific people and their income and, and data about them. And we say no, and that we have no plans to ever add that data because I don't believe in selling data on individual people. We sell you know, data at the census level, um, which is basically at the neighborhood level for an address, but that's a conscious decision that we have made. That And another example of, you know, if we had investors or, or a boss breathing down our neck, we might have to make a different decision and maximize for revenue yeah. rather than what feels morally right to us. I mean... You can get it, get up every morning and go to sleep every morning, like feeling good about the choices you've made, not feeling pressured to work with someone you don't want to work with or do something you find morally ambiguous. I think that's huge, especially in tech, especially in this day and age when so many things seem like they are teetering on being just a little bit shady. Um, I think that's wonderful. And and I think actually may have already said this, but um uh, since I have known you, that has been the way you have run your business. And I have always really respected that and admired that about you. Because honestly, if you guys sold individual income information, you would, I mean, I imagine that's very valuable, right? Like I, we would make a lot you of money. You would make a yeah. lot of money. <laughs> so the fact that you were like, nope, I don't believe in that. We're not going to do that. I think that is inspiring. And it also shows, again, in this day and age that you can run a tech company with values and morals and not being beholden to making as much money as possible. Absolutely. And especially when you don't have any sort of 
huge goal that you are beholden to, you know, like going public or getting acquired, you don't have to make as much money as possible. Like, right? Like, we only have to make enough money to sustain our family. And that gives us choices. That gives us the freedom to make decisions like this that that align with what we believe in. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's about it for this week. That's that's the big thing I've been thinking about. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for joining us. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outseta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Worksighted, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Konbini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.